0: afternoon, folks. Yes, this is afternoon, right? I'm not sure. Anyways, good afternoon, folks. So I am here today for another episode of season three of Plain Rainbows, brought to you courtesy of our Patreon subscribers and the Misfit Amish. I'm joined by my co-host, James. Would you like to say hello? Hi, everyone. (laughs) And Lauren. Hello. so Lauren is somebody who was raised in a Catholic church and who currently attends an Anabaptist church, which sounds like a really interesting journey, but something really critical came up that we thought would be a good idea to amplify, and that is Lauren's voice because Lauren spent 60 years of her life closeted. So with that being said, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: So I'm Lauren. Um, I've lived here for about 12 years now. Um, I grew up Catholic. Um, I, wouldn't, I was in a, in, in a position where at age six, I knew that I was different. It was the 60s. You didn't ask questions. Um, grew up in a household where children just stayed quiet. I knew, though, that boys were supposed to act like boys and girls were supposed to act like girls, and for fear of being in trouble, I never said anything. So probably for the first, till I was probably 10, I thought I was the only person in the world like this. Um, as I got into... Hmm? You're not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I to it, say it. It took me a while. Um, it, when I got into teen years, I kind of figured out that there was other people like me. Um, wasn't really sure. Was still afraid to come out. Um, did my best to um, grow into manhood, um, had a lot of issues with that. Um, going to school, I could never play sports. It was too hard on me. I, I, I just, you know, I gravitated towards music. Um, I always gravitated for, towards feminine things, um, but forced myself to maintain a masculine uh, lifestyle for 60 years. Um, it, it, it caused, I, I was married once before um, to a woman who knew about this and she was sure she could change me. And in the end, we just ended up divorcing. Um, so it wasn't until I'm with my current partner now where I can actually be myself and it feels wonderful. So uh, that's, that's kind of my story. a really in big
0: summary of Oh my God, like so much. Like the, the invisibility, like just when you when you mentioned like being a child and you talk about like feeling like there was nobody else, like did that continue on into adulthood or like what kept you in the closet for all of those years? Was
1: it there was several things. Um fear for one, um the fear of not being accepted. Um, I was pretty sure, and and I still think I was right, that my parents wouldn't have accepted me. Um, So I think the fear of it, and then um, in in later years, as I got married and had a child, I was providing, and uh, I just knew if I came out at that time, financially I wouldn't be able to take care of the family I grew up in it I grew up in a situation where it was should be my job to take care of the family so I stayed closeted so I could take care of the family um I continued to do that 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 kind of became forefront with me I I, I went out when I could I dressed when I could um it, it but it was just something that the fear of Somebody finding out was great for me, and I couldn't get over that fear. Um, It took me a long time to get away from the fear of what would happen to me if somebody found out that who I really was. So I worked really hard at not letting anybody find out who I was. Um, Later in life, when I kind of started coming out, I considered transition, and this is kind of, I think it's kind of selfish on my part, but a lot of people say, no, um, I didn't transition because the position I was in, I was, I used my white male privilege to make money. Had I transitioned, I could have that same job for three quarters of the salary that I was making. So for me, a lot of the issue was, was financial taking care of people around me. Um, but at the same time, it was hard on me. I, I, I worked through a lot of things. Um, I wanted to transition. I went through a lot. I've been through several con- counselors. Um, and now I'm at a point where with counseling and with a fantastic partner, I've finally been able to open up. And, and so the first 60 years, I hit. I hit an awful lot. It made me shy, it made me quiet. I didn't have very many friends. I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, And that's probably the worst things that happen when you hide. You hide from everything, you hide all the time.
0: Do you feel like you were able to have meaningful connections with people where you were authentically yourself during that time?
1: Not with anybody that I was personally involved with. Um, I spent a period of talking to strangers where I could myself, but there was nobody I ever saw. It was phone, like chat lines and things like that. And that was really the only place where I felt like it could be totally authentic. Even friends I had, I never felt like I had true friends because they didn't know the real me. Um, so it makes, for, it makes for an odd life. Um, and in the end, you end up um, working and spending a lot of time by yourself.
0: And not only that, but do you feel like if, like, for example, um, when you talk about it being tied to like financial security, like, do you think that is a barrier to people coming out?
1: I absolutely think it's a barrier to people coming out. Um, and I don't think, I think it's getting better, but there's still that stigma. Yes. Um, of course, You know, in in the 70s and 80s, when I was in the middle of my career, there was a tremendous stigma. I mean, they would fire you for being trans or coming out or being authentic. So, yeah, I think the financial barriers are are very real. Um, And again, even even as far as gender goes, I think, you know, it's kind of proven women earn, earn less than men, which is totally screwed up. But uh, it's a reality.
0: It is a reality. And that is a very valid point to bring up, is that financial um, disproportionate pay for people assigned AFAD, um, assigned female at birth, versus assigned male at birth, is like very disproportionate. And it can literally cause financial instability for people who do decide to come out so then you end up with people who are deeply closeted, who spend the majority of their lives feeling like you're not living in congruence with who you are. And you're unable to be the person that you were meant to be.
1: Yeah. And, and that weighs on you after a while. It becomes, in fact, I think it cost me a couple of jobs because it came to the point because I was so closeted, then it becomes an obsession. I must be feminine. I can't be feminine, but I must be feminine. It it weighs on your mind, it weighs on your mind. And for me, my job performance started going down. My um, um, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't my, my attitude was bad. Um, and it just got to a point where you can't do it anymore. It's like this is who I am. I've got to be me.
0: Did you ever so, struggle with wanting to continue living?
1: Um, not lately, not now, but yes, before a lot. Um, sure, and you know I, I don't think that that's uncommon for people like me. But when you can't live your life, um, you can't be who you want to be. Sure, it weighs on you to the point where you feel like. I, I had a tremendous feeling of no self-worth. That you know nobody would ever want me. That I'd always be worthless. And why should I even be around? Because I couldn't be who I wanted to be, who I needed to be, who I actually was. Um, I had to play this part to continue to to live. Um, and maybe this sounds selfish too, but to live comfortably
0: to sustain,
1: sustain to survive to survive and not to survive just for me but for people i loved
0: right and you know that's sadly like nobody should be put in a place where they have to choose between survival and and sacrificing the the way that you live or you know financial security for you and the people you love that's that's not acceptable
1: yeah, it, it makes it it makes it awful hard. Um, now, in, in, in my first relationship, um, not only could I be, I couldn't be me, and I was trying to take care of people financially, but those those people didn't understand me. Um, so, I was felt totally worthless because they didn't appreciate or understand what I was trying to do. Um, and it really caused some issues for me. Um, when I finally divorced from my first wife, it was like a relief because but I was so damaged at that point that I still I, I went to a different job for almost no money because I didn't feel like I was worth anything. And I went into a hole and just and just hid in a hole. It didn't come up.
0: Do you believe that you're worthy of basic human rights?
1: I do, know. It took a long time to get to that point.
0: Because, I mean, it seems to me like there's, like, several, like, human rights violations that happen when you have people that are experiencing life in such a closeted way where there's no way. Because one of the human rights is to be able to live your life authentically and as who you are. So if that is a human right, then and people being forced to live through, um, being shoved in a closet for 60 years because of financial inequities, which is kind of a form of coercive control. Isn't that like a human rights violation?
1: It's not like it, (laughs) but you know, I continued to do it. And it really was when I, when I turned 60, um, I was with supportive people all around me, and uh, especially my partner. Um, And so when I turned 60, I said, okay, I'm doing something for myself. I'm going to get my ears pierced. Very first step. I was working in a place that was very, very um, non-accepting. And I thought, I'm just at a point where I've got to do this. I've got to do something. So I did. Um, got my ears first um, I had established myself at this place where I knew I wouldn't get fired but I knew I'd get some grief over it and I did um, but that's you know so we kind of moved along through that at 60 and, and uh, it, it was the same. it was okay um, I got to the point where I didn't let them like didn't I, I didn't let their taunting bother me so much. It still did. Some days I had to walk away from the place. Um, Basically, they weren't picking on me directly, but on my community. Um, Whether they knew they were picking on my community or not, I don't know, but when they picked on the community, it was hard. So
0: they were picking on the queer community.
1: Oh, absolutely. Right up to the time I retired. Um, the very last day I was there, um, when I was getting ready to leave my very last day, they were making fun of people that had pride flags on their houses. And I, of course, have a pride flag on my house.
0: Which is lovely, by the way. I love the
1: the flag you have on your house.
0: It's amazing. But also, like it's a sign of like, even though... You may be, but like simply a, a a symbol within a community that, you know, people often feel like this town is kind of conservative. Yes. Um, but when you openly are authentic you authentic, be yourself, how does that affect society around you? How does that affect other queer people?
1: Well, hopefully it's support. Hopefully they feel more accepted. Um, I can tell you that being my authentic self, meeting people, um, has changed people, has changed some people. I've, you know, um, we we've done things where, you know, it's, um, I, I still am waiting to get my legal name change. So some of the things I do, I still have to do under my, my original legal name. Um, but when I show up for an interview, I show up like this, um, You know, we we bought insurance um, about two or three weeks ago. So naturally, the application was in my name. We went to meet the agent. Why went like this? Um, And the insurance agent was tremendously happy. Um, She was accepting. Was glad to meet me. Um, It really made a difference. Mm -hmm. I felt like I feel like that part of my job now in retirement is to be present. To be out. Um, if, I, if I don't have to go to work anymore in a, uh, an oppressive environment, then I want to be out. I want people to see me. I want people to see that there's people like us out there.
0: So you want to be visible yes. because it matters. So, how do you feel when you're Everybody,
2: driving disability matters? Say what, James? Uh yeah vi- visibility matters absolutely absolutely
0: it really does like but how do you feel when you go out in the community and you see um, visible queer support
1: oh it's lovely for me i love you know downtown uh, downtown here is pretty accepting and there's a lot of uh, a lot of visible support there and i love to see that i love um um Whenever I see, you know, whenever I see queer people or trans people, or, or I just am so happy uh, to see more people in the community, more people, more people like us in the community. And I think that um, it's important because I think even if you treat even the most conservative people with respect, there's a chance that you're going to change their mind about us, about the way they feel about us. So I do my best to wherever I go to treat people with respect. Um, And hopefully we change some minds.
0: Hopefully. This is true. Now, you did tell me beforehand, you said you came out this year at your church. New Year's Day. Can you tell us a little bit about your church and about that experience?
1: So the church has been around for a long time. It's Mennonite. Um it's very very. There's there's a lot of conservative older white members, men, men members. There's some very liberal members. Um, so it's kind of a cross-section of a lot of people. Um, so the response I got was good. Um, the pastor, of course, is very accepting. Um, most of the people, I got a lot of hugs and congratulations. Um, but there's three or four older men in the church that now they just kind of look at me they don't really say anything. They don't say anything derogatory. They haven't said anything bad. Um, they don't feel like that they're totally accepting, so they don't want to totally deal with me or talk to me, but they're not going to stop it. So it's not, a, it's not a terrible experience, and it's those people that I think if I can continue to show up and be visible, that maybe they'll be a little more accepting in the end. Maybe. So that's the goal for me. The goal for me is to not alienate anybody, but to be accepted as I am and who I am by everybody I meet. And I know that's that'll never happen, but it's a nice goal.
0: Well, good. Good for you. And, you know, the other thing is, like, How do you think churches could best support queer people that come out?
1: Um, Acceptance is the most important thing. Um, You know, things like uh, recognizing who you are, calling by your preferred name, preferred pronouns, all those things that make you feel wanted. Um, That's, for me, that's the most important thing. Because I spent so many years feeling like I wasn't wanted. For me, it's just a matter of people saying, oh, yeah, you're you're okay. We still want you here.
0: You deserve to be celebrated so, as you
1: are. So, And I think that's important for churches. that They do, um, I don't think it has to be anything. For me, it doesn't have to be anything over-the-top special. Mm-hmm. Just people reaching out and, and still embracing who I am.
0: So as in, like, don't stop talking to somebody just because they came out. And you know, right. don't keep referring to people by their dead name, right. which is the name that they maybe have been assigned at birth. Like, use their chosen name, Lauren. Yes. And their pronouns, even if you don't understand, which you don't have to understand to accept people. You do not have to understand people's journey in its entirety to accept people. You literally can walk with people without knowing their journey. Yeah,
1: I and I think the thing that is for me is I don't think we understand the whole journey. Mm-hmm. We know who we are. We know who, who we need to be and why we want to be authentic. Mm-hmm. But I've had uh, we had. Uh, a young girl that lived with us for a while. And when I first came out to her, her question was why? And she was really young mm-hmm. at that time. And I had to tell her, I don't know why I just know it is. Um, and I still don't know why. I just know this is how I am. This is, and and it, it, no, it's for me. I know that I was born this way. There's no way that I wasn't born this way.
0: So, if you, like, remember the Bible verse that talks about people being created in, in God's image and light, but then you also remember the Bible verse that talks about, you know, God being neither male nor female, wouldn't that apply to also humans? If humans are made in God's image and light, some humans might be genderless,
1: isn't it? Absolutely. No, I, I I still, um, I feel like, you know, I feel like the, the gender is a spectrum. You can hit anywhere on it. Um, you can kind of float around it. you can go a little bit up and a little bit feminine a little bit masculine. you can it, it, and I don't think that I still don't think that transition is a destination. I believe it's a journey. and I believe it's a journey Thank for you. life. Thank you. Um, yeah I mean, you know uh, I hear the I, I hear the right now. Um, talking about people that are detransitioning and, and how they're playing up, how it's bad that they transitioned to begin with because now they're detransitioning. It's like people are going to go that direction. Gonna, I know
0: somebody mm-hmm. who detransitioned personally, and I'll tell you why they detransitioned. They detransitioned because it was unsafe for them to continue <laughs> in their transition journey because the community around them threatened their lives and their children. Sure. So, like, really?
1: There, there's a lot of reasons, and whether they're like that, where it's oppressive, or but I support them in that, or whether it's because, okay, uh, you know, I feel this way now. I, I don't think that there's any wrong way to feel.
0: So what? So what if I was twenty and wanted to dress like a boy and have a have a boy's haircut, right? Like, so what if I'm forty and now I want to wear dresses again?
1: Who cares? That's right. Is it, it harming people? Yeah, you're not hurting anybody. You're living your life. And the most important thing in life is to be happy. Part of being happy is being your authentic self. So
0: be yourself. Absolutely. You got any questions, James?
2: Well, um, I, I will say that, you know, the whole uproar over transgender people, like I've known transgender people for like, you know, 25 years ago. Before social media, when the straight the straight guys in town had no idea there was even a gay bar in their town, and they wouldn't have known, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it was it was a different time back in the in the late nineties. Um, but you know, I've been incredibly blessed to have uh, a wide variety of you know people in my community um, as friends, and that includes transgender folk, and you know. The fact that, you know, it's becoming an issue now, all these years later, I feel like it's sour grapes on the part of the concern in this country. You're cutting you're out. Since they lost uh, last election.
0: You sound like a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, you sound like a zombie. And now you're frozen. Oh, my. I think he's having technological difficulties. It's the omission him. It always happens. <laughs> it's inevitable. Because, like, his voice, his mouth was moving, and, like, I just...
1: What can't do
0: Oh, there he goes. There he goes. Lost the internet connection. Yep. This is what we do. Well, maybe if I remove him, or maybe he left to come back. I don't know. Well, y'all going to see my finger. We're going to do that, and then he'll be able to come back. But either way, I mean, we're, we're almost at like our ending time. So, I would like to ask you, like, now that we've talked about, like, the church's response, what about, like, people that may be living similar or parallel to what you experienced in your life? Like, is there anything you would say to them?
1: Um, be brave, go out, be yourself, um, and Um, You have to be proud of who you are. My biggest regret is that I hid for 60 years. Um, I would love to come out a lot sooner. And and I would say to anybody, come out. And then I would also say, if you are my age and you're still hiding, then come out. It's not too late. It's never too late. For me, it's made a world of difference um, in my mind, in my attitude. Um, I became, um, even at my oppressive job, I became so much more productive when I kind of let myself start to come out a little bit. I got the one lucky thing I got from the pandemic was that they moved my job home. So that was quite interesting. Um, I did my job from home. The same month that they moved me from home, I also started on hormone therapy. Um, So I was able to be myself and do the job because I was at home. Um, I felt for me, starting hormone therapy was beyond how my body looked. It, it felt like it balanced me. I really felt it felt like my mind and my body were starting to match. Um, so I would say, wherever you're at in your journey, continue on. And if you feel like you need to make the next step, then make that step. Um, I can also tell you that, you know, we live in a city that's been said to be cons- conservative and not accepting. If you go out with a smile on your face, people are accepting. There's a lot of accepting people here. Um, I go places all the time um, and I, I'm, I'm comfortable going to those places. So um, I think that's it, it to, to just continue on.
0: I would reiterate that like, you know, when you go out with a smile on your face, there are places that are accepting, even in some of the most conservative cities that we think of, you might be surprised at the amount of acceptance that you can find. In the same token, you know, we do also support people who do feel that for safety reasons or for whatever reasons, if they're not prepared to come out of the closet, that's okay too. You're still valid.
1: Everybody is valid. Absolutely. I mean, it's, i i I can i can relate to people not coming out because i didn't come out for a long time Mm -hmm. i can relate to those reasons um i i think that you know for me at this point in my life i just want to i want to continue to be out i kind of want to continue try to be there for people that want to come out maybe need a friend or need somebody to help them Mm -hmm. i would love to be part of that too um Sure. I, don't, I don't know how that works but
0: um, I mean there's organizations out there that sure. you can volunteer for and like they they'll help you in like learning how to like appropriately support people wherever they're at like one of the big things is is for people to be supported where they're at right. until they reach a place where they can come out but I do encourage people to live your life as like understand that you deserve to live your life as who you really are that is a basic human right. And, and I think that all of you listening are very much worthy of that. And now we got James back. So let's add James to this and James can give his parting thoughts too. If he can hear us. I don't I know. Made that. cool.
1: You made it yes. back. Woo.
0: You got any parting thoughts? Or are you frozen? I'm again? sorry, what was the question? You got any parting thoughts? <laughs> or no? I don't know if they can hear us.
2: Uh, I can kind of hear you. I heard you say I'm frozen.
0: Oh. Well, you got parting thoughts? We're just wrapping uh, parting, up.
2: Parting thoughts, okay. Uh... Well, I would like to thank you, Lauren, for coming on here and sharing your bravery with us. That's really beautiful. And, you know, um, I I feel that... Pardon?
0: Say what? Oops. Oops. James, I don't know what's up with your internet today. Come on. looks some kind of way and we lost him again well yes we did it's okay thank you
1: for coming on really like thank you for having me this is this was a new experience for me
0: well we all you know (laughs) sometimes we need new experiences sometimes we shouldn't be afraid of new experiences or even if we are afraid sometimes like you know a big thing in life and i've said this before and it is like despite having fear, doing the right thing, doing what you can live with. And I want to commend that because that is impressive because when you do the right thing for you, what you can live with may look different from like me to Lauren, it may look different. But in the same token, if we're doing the right thing and the things that we can live with, some of that is like for me, living authentically is really critical to like being a a human being who feels like I'm comfortable in my own skin.
1: Absolutely. yeah, right. it's, it's very important.
0: Yep. So all of you, you are worthy. You deserve a good life. You deserve happiness. And I want you to know that. Have a good one. Until next time.